This is the Scan Bite Size, global health insights in under 15 minutes. In this episode, we speak to a neurologist about what high blood pressure means for your brain and cover a few simple tips for what each of us can do to improve our brain health each day. Stay tuned for your bite of the action. My name is Marinka van der Millen and I work on the Global Thought Leadership Program at the George Institute for Global Health. We're delighted that Dr. Cheryl Carcel joins us to offer a bite-sized explainer on what high blood pressure means for your brain. Cheryl is a Senior Research Fellow in the Stroke and Women's Health Program and Academic Lead Global Brain Health Initiative at the George Institute for Global Health and a Conjoint Senior Lecturer at the Faculty of Medicine at UNSW Sydney. Cheryl, thank you for speaking with me. Can you explain what you do in a few words? Thanks so much for having me here today. I am a clinician scientist in the field of stroke, brain health, and women's health. This means that I spend a lot of my work days um, thinking about how better to prevent or treating diseases that primarily affect the brain. And when I'm not doing that, I'm at the clinic um, seeing a patient or seeing patients as a neurologist. So what does high blood pressure mean for your brain? Um, that's a really good question, but maybe we can step back a bit um, and talk about what blood pressure is. So blood pressure is the vital force that propels oxygen-rich blood in all parts of the body, including the brain. When there is too much and too sudden pressure, then we have a high risk of having a stroke, whether it's a bleeding in the brain or a blocked artery. And stroke is debilitating and it greatly reduces um, a person's quality of life. On the other hand, when you have chronic, untreated, sustained high blood pressure, this damages very small blood vessels in the brain that's responsible for areas of thinking and memory. And this increases a person's chance of developing dementia. And high blood pressure is often called a silent killer, and that's because it has no warning signs, but it increases our chances of having a heart attack or um, a stroke. And to put it in perspective, one study, and this was done a a while back ago now, found that the risk of um, death from stroke increases by 1% for every millimeter, one millimeter increase in untreated elevated systolic blood pressure. So, so it's safe to say that controlling high blood pressure is crucial for our heart and brain health. That's very helpful. Thank you, Cheryl. So two questions. How can people be more aware of their blood pressure and how can people be more aware of their brain health? Then you just have to have regular checks, I think and have your blood pressure checked. Um, And then, so knowing all the levels, um, you know, when 120 and below is fine, that's normal. When you get to 130 and above, then you start to worry about whether this is hypertension, whether this is regular. Is this one off? Um, Am I particularly excited today? Did I just come from a run? Have I had coffee? Is this why my blood pressure is elevated? So that's when you need to kind of uh, look at it more regularly now. And um, depending on your age, it might be good to improve your overall cardiovascular health in the beginning or just um, to start taking medications to control that BP. It's interesting that there seems to be a lot of information out there about, for example, heart health, kidney health, but somehow, in my mind at least, brain health is a topic for later in life, not to worry about if you're younger. Why do you think this is? 
You're you're completely right. I think this has been you know a message that is clearly incorrect. I think one of the reasons why brain health is not front of mind for younger people, at least, is that because stroke and dementia, which are the main drivers of neurological death and disability, are thought to be diseases of old age. While this is generally true, the pathology that um, produces this brain decline actually happens early on. So for example, childhood obesity influences cognitive performance late in later life. And I mentioned a little earlier about how um, chronic elevated blood pressure in life might increase one's chances of dementia later on. So I think um, when you think about brain health, it's important to have a sort of a life course approach um, to healthy brains, uh, where we not only prevent, try to prevent and treat it in later life, but also start as early as childhood even. Yes, that's good to think about. And when you say life course, you're thinking about throughout life. Is that right? Absolutely. I mean, there are different stages in life where we can target either cardiovascular health or brain health. And um, they're very clear. So in early childhood, and then you have the um, women who are um, in the reproductive age, and then you have the premenopausal, the postmenopausal, and I'm thinking more about the women's life course now, but this can totally be applied to men or other um, gender diverse people as well. And then you have that um, later life course. One of the things you're working on is the Brain Health Initiative. What are you and the team in the Global Brain Health Initiative doing to help people improve their brain health? Thank you for letting me talk about one of the topics that I am very passionate about. Um, We started the Brain Health Initiative a little over a year ago, and it's being led by Professor Craig Anderson, um, along with a few key people, including Dr. Xiaoying Chen, uh, Ms. Alexandra Hurden, Mrs. Audrey Lee, and myself. And our goal at the Brain Health Initiative is to change the narrative of talking about the brain in terms of diseases, such as having a stroke or dementia. And we want to start talking about it in ways in which we can promote brain health. And and we want to do this by bringing the best researchers across the globe together in multiple disciplines to generate reliable evidence promote effective strategies for healthy brain function to allow people across the world to live healthy lives. And some of the projects that I'm really excited about, there are three. Um, They're not only three, but I can mention three because um, I can go on. The first one is a clinical trial called Recall, and it's looking at can we sustain long-term blood pressure lowering treatment to prevent um, dementia in older people. And the second one, which I am leading, and it's something that I'm particularly um, excited about, is looking at um, teaching school-age children about brain health. So teaching them early on at an early age that you need to do certain things um, to maintain your brain power later on. And the last one is um, looking at new technologies, actually, and it's testing a simple wearable digital device to detect um, deterioration in patients who've had stroke. So at the Brain Health Initiative, we have quite a bit of work ahead of us, but it's all very exciting with practical implications for people across the globe. 
And what are some of the steps people can take to be more aware of their brain health? I think that's really the message of this um, podcast, isn't it? And, and, and my message would be taking care of your cardiovascular health can be also the same as taking care of your brain health. So they don't have to be two separate onerous things. A lot of people use American Heart Association's Life Simple 7, and this can measure the effectiveness of efforts to maintain and maximize cardiovascular health at any point in a person's time. And so the seven include four health-related behaviors, and that's uh, stopping to smoke, um, increasing physical activity, reducing your weight, and eating a healthy diet, and also three health factors, and lowering blood pressure, um, treating elevated cholesterol, and and, um, treating diabetes. So I think um, in order to be more healthy or aware of our brain health, we also need to be aware of our cardiovascular health. And, And the final message is that it's never too late to adopt a healthy behavior and habit to maintain your brain health. That's wonderful and so encouraging. Thank you so much for your expert insights, show. Thanks for having me here today. Have you listened to our other episodes? Search the Scan Podcast to hear more. We look forward to you joining us again soon.